0: Hail, hail. Good evening, folks, and welcome along to the latest episode of the Endless Celts podcast. It's a special spin-off edition tonight. We're talking all things FIFA World Cup. Uh, We're parking all the Celtic chat for another night and uh, focusing on all the top international stuff that's coming from Qatar this year. Not just that, we'll maybe delve a little bit into the memory bank, a re trip down memory lane and talk about some of the great moments for years gone by at other tournaments and, of course, we'll maybe to have a a little bit of tribute to the Scotland team from France 98 as well, and hopefully talk about our (coughs) qualification in a year's time, Uh, amongst other things, of course. And for all that, I'm delighted to be joined by two of the regulars. First of all, the captain of the ship, uh, Stephen, is joining us. How are you tonight, mate? I'm
1: all good, mate. I'm sitting with a wee lamb sip. I'm all dosed up with a cold Like, but I'm looking forward to a wee chat about the World Cup. It's something different, something new, and I'm looking forward to it, buddy.
0: But uh, hopefully, I uh, hope you you feel a wee bit better after this. And I hear that uh, Ross is seemingly uh, likewise under the weather as well, mate. How are you feeling?
2: Uh, I'm the same as Stephen. Uh, I, I, I think we could be accused of having a wee secret affair if he didn't stay in Belfast. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm obviously you can hear my voice, I'm totally choked up. But uh I'm working from What's that? (laughs) You trying to say they go on them
1: cheap flights over, big man? We all know the game.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if it was happening, you'd be coming to me. I don't go chasing. (laughs) Listen,
0: what you used to do on your own time, not for me. (laughs)
2: Might
0: be quite a, a, uh, you know, quite a decent topic to start off on, considering we're talking about all the controversy of Qatar 22, (laughs) but say no more. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, before we get started tonight uh, just a wee kind of shout out to our sponsors Beer 52 the um, sponsorship if you go along there you can still get a free case of beer provided you cover the postage and uh, I think we've donated some to uh, our Christmas hamper in the community during the week there so whoever won it, enjoy it and uh, and get stuck in folks uh, and thanks, welcome on to everybody in the chat as well <coughs> Yeah, um, and welcome along to everybody else on the show tonight as well. Uh, obviously, there is a game on at the minute, so the fact that um, you are sitting in talking along with us, guys, rather than uh, watching the action, it's uh, credit to us. So, thanks very much. <coughs> and uh, so, we're going to just get stuck right into it. And um, the first, obviously, we're going to address the elephant in the room before we talk about the actual football action. And that's Aye.
2: about. Like, I thought you
0: thought <laughs> about me there. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the elephant in the room, obviously, being the Qatar twenty twenty two controversy. Now, it was whether we like it or not, it was awarded twelve years ago. Uh, Ross in a room. I think it was. It was one of the first times where the tournament, had, two tournaments, had been decided in the one go. Russia was awarded the twenty eighteen tournament, and then. Latterly, a few moments later, they brought out the envelope for 2022 and it was Qatar, much to the astonishment even most people who had already predicted that it was going to be Russia that were getting 2018. And obviously all the controversy that's came with that. But what's your own thoughts on it? Was it a case of, you could tell from the start, it wasn't a decision that's been done without the passing of a few brown envelopes. But that is what it is.
2: Aye, well it's it's that, isn't it? It's it's mm-hmm. cash, it's money talks, Russia and then Qatar. That's what it was. But it's twelve years ago. And the, the tournament's here now. I'm all about the football. I'm the I'm here for the football. I've got it on mm-hmm. in the background tonight watching it. Because it's a World Cup. I've watched the World Cups. I've never missed a World Cup anytime it's been on throughout my whole life. I'm not gonna change that now. It's just what it is. But you, you see guys well, of oh, respect for Roy Keane, but you see guys like him and all oh, the other Gary Lineker, Ian Wright, and they're not taking this moral high ground. Uh, the World Cup shouldn't be there, okay? Maybe it shouldn't be. I'm not qualified enough to say whether it should or it shouldn't be, but it is there. But these guys are having their opinion on it, like it shouldn't be there. Yet they're taking their big sums of money and getting. Ken, well-paid, and it's like, it's virtue signaling, signaling rather than, like, really protesting. If you if you really were so against it, you have, all these guys have had 12 years. All these, can I'm nothing against gay people or that, but the one love armband or what to wear it and all that, fair enough. But, like, the, if they feel so, this is how that country is. It's like, if they come over to us and started telling us how to live our lives, and I know people say they're, they're behind the times. Fair enough. But in their eyes, they might not be. It's their country. You, we, It was given to them. We are going to their country. We have to abide by their rules and live the way they want to live. But again, I go back to it. Don't preach on a television screen about morals and all the rest of it when you're picking up big packets off the back of where the tournament is and what the tournament is.
0: I, I I think that's a fair point, Ross. I mean, you know, guys like us. I mean, I think we're all we're all football fanatics, That goes without saying that. We, we of course, you know, we've all always said that it was not the right place to have the World Cup because you knew of, of, of a lot of these things. But by the same token, you you look at the you know historical um, sort of countries that have hosted it, Stephen. Um, you know. Whether people like us or not, and maybe people don't realise this, but in terms of um, homosexuality, it was actually only completely um, decriminalised one hundred percent in Britain in the year two thousand and thirteen, which is three years after Qatar were actually awarded the tournament. So we we try and kind of preach that we're so far so far advanced and you know we're way ahead of these nations. But I think um, I think the British press give themselves a bit too much credit.
1: I mean, to, to be fair, it's it's a part of it's part of a wider discussion. You can obviously narrow it down to the LGBTQ community getting their rights and stuff. Which 100, percent I'm on board with. I don't like any discrimination in any walks of life, football, religion, whatever it may be. Everyone's entitled to be their own person and live with comfortable <coughs> themselves without being persecuted or punished for a certain religion or aspect of their life. And you look at the whole uh, Qatar thing; like people died building them stadiums. There's families without fathers. There's families without brothers. Families about sons, so you have to take all that into consideration. And I know what you're saying about these pundits. I mean, I love the whole um Roy Keane and Graham Soonis kind of spat that they had on ITV. And Graham Soonis kind of said, Look, we all know what's happened here, but England can't take the moral high ground. Look what they've done to Roy's country. And I didn't really expect that to come from Graham Soonis. And it kind of took me by surprise because it's true, the English people and English media kind of paint this narrative that they're all they're all gods, they're all. They do, do nothing wrong, they commit no crimes. And I mean, there's atrocities that we could sit and talk about for years and years about what they've committed. But in terms of Qatar, money talks, and whoever it was, Seth Blatter or Infantino, who's who's accepting these bribes, it's it's going to happen in some way, some shape or form. I mean, the Asian countries want to be publicizing football, and that's well within the right to be that, whether it's Saudi Arabia, Qatar, um, Ghana, whatever. But, um, yeah, the whole Qatar thing—it doesn't sit well with me. That the timing of the tournament doesn't sit well with me. The feeling around it—yeah, we're going to get into some of the great clubs here in it and some of the great players. But I can't shake the feeling they get when they look at the stadiums. I think it's all fake. I think it's all put on for cameras. I think, especially making up attendances, trying to make the it seem better than it is. That just—that's a whole lot of propaganda being shoved up down someone's throat. And you—you you look at the, as you said, the situation with the the commentators, Ross and Gary Neville. Again, the, the guy who loves to kind of the, the preach about the English politics and what he would change and all that type of stuff, but yet he's over in Qatar picking up a huge pay packet, not really thinking anything of it. I, I know people say it's their prerogative to do so, but if they felt so strongly about these situations, you don't go. You, you stand your ground. You don't go. You make a stand. You make a protest. Because why do you like it enough? protest is the only way stuff, stuff's ever going to be done. Do you know what I mean? People are going to stand up and listen if the likes of Roy Keane go, to the World Cup to, to represent the, the UK or an Ian Wright or a Gary Neville or Alex Scott or whoever it may be, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of these things. It's a taboo thing that people don't like to talk about and express because they think it brings heat onto themselves. I just I don't agree with the Qatar World Cup. And as I said, <clears throat> the time of it is horrendous for me. The feeling around the people dying to build these stadiums in time for people just to play football, that's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And the camps these people lived in, again, that's disgusting and that's never ever going to be investigated. They're going to get that away with all that because they've got the money, they've got the whatever, they've got the wealth. It should never be like that. Football is should, should be a working working man's game, but it's not no more. The elites run football, and we're going to have to get used
0: to. It. That's the thing, Ross. It's sort of it is the beautiful game. There's no denying it. No denying that, but unfortunately, the people that run it, whether that be UEFA, FIFA, the people at the very top, like you said at the very beginning, it's all bribes and backhands, and you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, and. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's needless to say, it's not a tournament. Um, you know that might get looked back fondly like the like South France '98 or an Italia 90 or, or something like that. But it is what it is, as they say on Love Island, and uh, <laughs> the tournament is here. Uh, it's upon us. We're, you know, th- f- first weekend into the tournament, nearly into the. Well, tonight's the last round of the the group, the second phase of group matches, Stephen. And um, what's been your thoughts? Generally, on the football side of things, have you, has there been matches you've enjoyed? Has there been any moments that's really stood out? Any players, um, or a favorite game or anything like that? Well, mate, to
1: be fair, the schedule of no, it's hard. Obviously, a bit of work from half eight to half five, or maybe you're going to miss the majority of the, the afternoon game, <laughs> games, but on the other occasion, I do catch them. I mean, you look at the usual suspects England being talked about after they beat around 6 2, they're going to be world beaters again, and then. USA kind of humbled them, and actually should have beat them in that game. You look at Netherlands, with the fan dig, people like that, they, they have a chance. I mean, when, when you're talking about particular games, the one that draws to me is the France and Australia game. I missed the two games today, which are probably the best of the tournament. The, the free free each game and the free two game. The Ghana was involved in it. They've been involved in some cracking games so far in the World Cup. But, I mean, France, <coughs> totally dom- dominated Australia. I mean, if you're bringing the likes of Kingsley Coleman off the bench, you're littered little bit And I mean, Oliver Drew's starting up front. You're missing Benzema you've got belly on the right, you've got Touini in the middle. These guys are absolute ballers and they, just, they dismantled them. And the, the biggest upset, obviously, was the Argentina game. I don't know if any of you saw the, the the what was it, the halftime team talk that the Saudi Arabia manager gave his uh-huh. players. It was absolutely incredible. Like, you could take photos of them after the match and all this stuff gets stuck in, this being bay- about them. And they went and won the game 2-1. And let's that, be fair, like, this is what post-colony means. Like we underestimate these these nations and these players because we haven't heard of them before. It's t- it's m- merely ignorance from our part. But you look at some of them, Saudi Arabia. Everything was Al Azif, the, the captain, the number ten. <clears throat> he, he fantastic. He, he was quick. He was dynamic. He took the ball in. He was skinning Argentina first for fun. The, the second goal I think was a cracker. And it does the, the again the made Argentina look ordinary? Do, do you know what I mean? It's one of these things that in World Cups you're going to get you're going to get upsets, which is quite obvious, but. We need to take heed of these nations, I think, and actually look at these markets, like Pasta says, and if you get a team from these nations, you're going to be happy, aren't you? I mean, you look at Canada. Canada had a good World Cup alone. They got duffed the the, pre, the, the last game there, 4-1. I think it finished 4-1. But mm-hmm. the way they played with no fear, that's how he, we played the this League. They've got some good players, like Buchanan, who plays for Club Bruce. He was on the right, above our new right-back, Alistair Johnson, who looked pretty solid. Do you know what I mean so there's there players in that tournament that I'm really interested in? Teams are like Watson and as I said, I don't agree with the tournament, but you can't help it. just the world class players on the show. You, you have to you have to appreciate it somehow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And but Bobby yourself, Ross, as I say, we're we a week into the tournament now. We're both <laughs> deep into the group stages, you could say. Um any standout moments for yourself or any, any players, or have you enjoyed the upsets uh, and things like
2: that? Um well I I mean just touching on what Stephen had said there. Going to the Japan, Germany, that was an upset. And mm-hmm. obviously he was talking about Posta Coglo saying and we have to take heed to these nations. And I seen I'm sure it was Jose Mourinho was getting interviewed the other day and he was asked about that game and he was like, Well, these all seem sorta of surprised and that he says, but these these nations are up and coming and they're doing well and they're, they're there's good players. Like Japan have got, couldn't name them, but they've got guys playing in the Bundesliga and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's, it is it's a shock in the sense, say, if you look at the two nations and their like, history of the World Cup. But at the same time, Japan have got really good players. Look at the guys we've got and they can't even get into that team. But then they go out and, of course, they lose to Costa Rica, Sod's Law. Um, but, I mean, for me, I think that... <laughs> But my, I, I bet Brazil at the start of the tournament and I've took uh, Ronaldo to be top goal scorer as a double. Ronaldo's just scored there, which is good. Uh, it's 1-0 to Portugal. But um, I watched bits and pieces of Brazil the night. Fits and starts. It was the same against uh, Serbia, but I think their depth <coughs> going into the, the latter stages of the competition I think might tell. I think... Uh, France, I think they look a really good side. I think so far Mbappe has been, he looks really up for it. Eh, Star of the tournament so far I would have to say. Eh, You've got Spain who obviously they dismantled Costa Rica. Played really well in spells against Germany. I don't think there's a better team, certainly international wise, there's no better team that plays through the press better than Spain do. Uh, oh. I, I I'm I'm surprised actually how good they've been. I say surprised on the ball. I know they're renowned for that down the, the last maybe ten to fifteen years, and they're starting to get. Can they had like Xavi and Iniesta? Now they're getting guys like Gavi and I forget the other guys' Pedro, name. But I Pedri, top quality players. I, I don't know. It might be slightly, um, maybe a tournament too soon for Spain, but I think they'll they'll go into the latter stages. Uh, but going off of what I've seen so far, I bet Brazil at the start of the tournament, if I was betting now, I would probably bet France. Um, but, Could, it's really can interesting. Can I say something
1: there as well? Aye. Like, Brazil for me, they've been very ordinary. And I thought they played better when they were not finished. They, I really did. I Aye. thought they actually came into Aye. the game and the wee lad <coughs> Rodrigo <coughs> created loads of chances on the left-hand side. <coughs> I know uh, Casemiro's got a crack and goal, <coughs> three, didn't he? For them to, to win one 0 I just I don't think I have enough about them to, to win the World Cup. I think France and Spain, possibly even maybe Croatia. By the way, who are a dark horse all the time in these tournaments? Have right. the some world class operators, and then Ryan Kelly comes in. Stephen, that just finished Friday's night show earlier on today was it definitely one of the <coughs> the center backs? And yes, it was Camille Miller. And don't come back to that <coughs> because I know he had an absolute shocker against uh, Croatia but in the first game I watched him he was really good and he was uh, really solid but yeah I think France they're the team for me I think they look the most Aye. impressive in terms of going forward and a defensive Absolutely. unit and to be honest hard to break down it was interesting that in the Germany game starting the Eddie up front and, and as, as an own striker he kind of done Aye. the press he done the, he done the hard <clears> yards. and then Asano the Japan player come on and what a goal by the way that's that goal what an absolute Brother screamer girl. over the top
2: took it down Bang,
1: roofing that
2: unbelievable goal. It's an but interesting I say, aye, Just what you were talking about, Maeda, it's really interesting and, and weird. Like that, he's obviously in the Japan squad, and the first game he starts up front through the middle. There's absolutely no way that you're playing him through the middle before Kyogo for Celtic. No, it's really interesting. I don't know what the manager sees. I don't know if there's maybe better players out, out wide. I don't know, but uh, it's interesting in terms of what's the call. <laughs> in terms of um, sort of standout goals so far, I, I think you would you have to look no further than probably Rich Arlissen's goal against Serbia. Oh. That was a beauty. Um, I've seen a couple it. of folks saying he's the new R nine off the bracket, but <laughs> right. I mean tongue in cheek stuff. But um, Stevens, I don't know if you've seen any of the games today, Anthony, but. Uh, the Cameroon game, was that the one that finished three each? I think it was. Yeah, aye. I seen the chip. I seen the goal. Aye. Oh, that's. What I was just going to touch on their second goal. I I don't know if the guy would finish it like that. Had he thought he was onside, he he thought he was offside, and he thought he was onside. I I don't think he would have finished the ball. Like at He maybe would have lashed at it or whatever. But he's he's, he's just like skipped it with his foot, and it was a. It must have been about. Ten yards over the like the height of the bar, but then it comes down and bounces, and then just goes, just bounces in just underneath the bar. It was an absolutely tremendous finish. It's one of the ones you just fart about with your mates up the park and used to <laughs> do it. Used to skip it up, try and run round them. But this guy skipped it up right into the net. It was a beauty, and it was a great game. Uh, and the game after that, the uh, Korea game, that was another brilliant game. Total ding dong battles. I think Serbia lost a two goal lead, and then so did um, Ghana. I mean, I, I wasn't watching them. I, I was actually painting somebody's hall, and I had the case tele on in the living room, so I was put putting the head in the corner every so often. But <laughs> uh, it was they seemed like really good games, and what I seen of them, they they were evenly matched teams. So probably the two games a day in terms of. End-to-end ding dong battles. They've been the two best. Whether the, I uh, probably, uh, maybe I was going to say maybe you have to say that the best quality you've seen was last night's game again uh, with Spain and Germany. But then, as good as Spain are on the ball, it was a lot of like slack passing in that in the middle of the park and breaking the play up. And defenders were getting the better of them. But it changed when Marat came on. I think you have to you have to touch on him as well. I think he's came on. In the two games for Spain they've decided to go with a false nine. You can't say it didn't work against Costa Rica but it's a lesser team. Don't think it really worked against Germany. Their manager Luis Enrique recognised that and right away he made a big difference just playing on the shoulder running in behind and he got his goal and it was a tremendous goal actually. Gets in front of the defender and gets just a flick on it but it wasn't like an aimless flick. He gets a foot on it but he knows exactly what he's doing with it, and he puts it into the roof of the mm-hmm. net. Uh, really good goal. And I think for me, if Spain want to be successful in this tournament, I think <laughs> they have to start with him up top. He's he's no the the best number nine in the world, but he's a number nine. And if if you've not got a number nine in your team, you're gonna to struggle to win a game, in my opinion, unless you're like can Man City or something. <laughs> I, hate, I, hate uh, I think
1: I think Gavi is exceptional. he he's was shite last good night because I bet
2: him to score in
1: the game anyway. He's a magnificent player, if you, if oh, yes. you actually think about it, like <coughs> you look at the b- back when they won the World Cup NES, the <coughs> now you've got Gavi and Pedri sit like as the center mids, and Busquets still there. I think that's that's quite a symbol to be honest. And they're two young kids, like 17, 18 or whatever age they are, and they're they're on their like their tenth or ninth, like twelve, fifteenth cap for Spain. And I think that's a major difference between them guys. And <coughs> it always it always comes back to me for the argument. I remember hearing a quote. Um that I think it was Pep Guardiola said for every Jack Wilshire when he, when, he, when he was young and good, there's ten or twelve of them coming through academies in Spain every day. <laughs> and they English media rate these players up to the highest they're gonna be the next big thing where Spain have conveyor, conveyor belts of talent coming through year on year. I mean, let's be honest, we never hear, heard much hype about Gavi and Pedry up until last year. But they've uh, been bubbling under the surface at Barcelona for years and, years and years and years, and they've kept them quiet, kept them quiet. Now they've burst onto the scene. And
2: see if that's our midfield for the next 10, 15 <coughs> years. That's absolutely incredible. By the way, what I would say is, uh, I kinda believe that Phil Foden, I totally agree with Gary Neville, I cannot believe Phil Foden <coughs> going to in the park on Friday night. He is he is the level a uh, agave. He, he's that good. He, he plays that way. He's every bit as good as him. Do you not agree with that, Stephen? I think no he's sense. absolutely world class and no, he's, he's a men's state in a Pep Guardiola Man City team he's world class I, I don't think it can, can be argued but, anyway, but Pedri, and was, Gavi for me I, but he's, been, he's been he's been moulded by David Silva you're not going to tell me he's David Silva wasn't at the level of what Gavi or Pedri's could be or is going to be I, I think Fe- Phil Foden but- is right up there with him you have to
1: understand, Pedri and, P- and Gavi are seventeen, eighteen. Like, there's a big difference here.
2: They're going well, to be far well better. From, about Twenty-one but, or something.
1: So 22, 23 Now he's he's getting well, not getting old, but he's still in that development stage. Well, but medals. what I'm saying is, Pedri and Gavi, they'll be streets ahead of him by the time he's twenty or twenty-nine. I think that's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Nah.
0: Interesting, interesting conversation there, boys. But um, Anthony, <laughs> what do you think? Anthony, <laughs> what do you think?
1: He's a bad of Ivora. Not the Pedri and situation, but you asked us about the World Cup.
0: How do you feel about Bye. it? Aye. Well, listen. I, for some of the reasons previously outlined, we've obviously got your reservations about where it is, etc. But if you're looking at it from purely a footballing point of view, I think it's been okay. And I, I, it is quite frustrating when some of the games are on when you're when you're at work, and you know it's not when maybe when it's in Europe, and you know you've still got two or three games to look forward to when you come home. But from what I've seen of it, I think it's going okay. I think obviously after the opening game, everyone thought it was going to be a complete damp squib and we were going to be playing these matches in front of like, you know, proper, like, you know, empty stadiums. And um, there's. But, but it's, that's clearly not been the case. I know we've got the old uh, the old accountant at Rangers doing the attendance uh, figures. But, you know, it's, I think all in all, it's been a pretty decent spectacle and we've had some great moments so far. And I hope that continues, um, obviously, as, as the tournament goes on. And um, in terms of the the chat about you, you know England, I totally agree, Ross. I think one of the issues that England are always going to suffer from, especially uh, under Southgate, is that Southgate sets out to not lose first. That's that's his that's his primary goal. He's like a, a pound shot Mourinho in that case. You know, Jose Mourinho is one of the greatest managers of all time, but his Outlay from the start is must not lose, so you are more throw players or flair players, if if you want to call it that. Um, your Trent Alexander Arnold's, your Phil Foden's, your mavericks like Jack Wilshere. Uh, you know, um, these guys are always going to be or sort of Jack Wilshire, Jack Grealish. Sorry, we're to the <laughs> <part here. laughs> what the fuck am I talking about here? Um, your Jack Grealish is in this world. They're always going to be sort of still ranked below the likes of Rashford and, you know, perhaps a Kyle Walker type player who's who's kind of perhaps done it in previous tournaments. I think going forward, I think England, they've definitely got a great group of players, but I do think Foden is an outstanding talent. I don't think, even with my red tinted specs on, I don't (laughs) think you can can get away from that. But um, obviously, I hope Wales do them tomorrow. So, you know. I can't. You can't even pretend to be neutral on it, you know. Oh no, no. yeah. But but uh, moving on, sticking with you know, World Cups are all about the top, the top dogs, the big players, and um, this is sadly going to be potentially a tournament where we're going to be saying goodbye to some of the true icons of the game. Um, for many, two of the greatest to ever kick a football, Ross. Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo we'll get on to maybe one or two others um, in a moment but first I just wanted what do you to give your thoughts on what you think of these two guys as as footballers and um, you know if you think well, it'll be too long before you see the likes of someone else coming through or do you think these guys have cemented their legacy as you know untouchable for quite some time to come now uh,
2: I, I mean the, the debate I'll rage on for years who's the best, Messi or Ronaldo. We've all got our preferences. I can't I, I, I lean towards Ronaldo just purely because I feel that even when you put him up against guys like Maradona and stuff like that, I feel like I'm not saying Ronaldo's better than them eh, better than him, but I feel like he's had to work harder to get where he is. The the other guys have been God given natural talents, Messi Maradona Ronaldo's had to work at it and by the way he still got talent in there but he's he's had to and he's, he's he's an athlete he's got every attribute he's tall he's powerful he can beat a man he's the greatest goal scorer in my opinion of all time i, I, I don't even think even with the rate that uh, a scoring at the minute i don't think he'll get near the goal the goal tally that ronaldo has reached and is still like he's still adding to it, he's added to it tonight for his country. But Ronaldo isn't even the best player named Gerald though. Aye. Right, okay. I, I mean that's it it's a debate in itself. We're we're no saying I'm not saying he's better than him, but I, for me, day two, Messi, incredible and he's like I don't know, for about maybe two thousand and eight to 2012, two thousand and twelve, thirteen, Lionel Messi was absolutely incredible. Like untouchable at times the both of them are amazing and I think you asked me there, is there going to be anybody that I think could maybe come and reach the sort of levels that they have for me I don't I don't think there will be uh, for a very long time similar to I don't know we, we can go to uh, R9 uh, but you, you look at Pele and Maradona and then the gap for them to Messi and Ronaldo, I think it could be that sort of gap again, before we see that level of player again, and I think I have to say, R9 I watched his documentary, it was absolutely incredible, and I think if you take out his knee injuries, he he would be in that bracket, right at that level uh, in terms of over a career span I think because of the injury, he just fall short of these guys but had it not been for his horrific knee injuries by the way let's let's not pretend they were horrendous and even watching that documentary and seeing that second knee injury again it was heartbreaking. he wasn't you could see the pain and the, the anguish it was gutting what a player eh uh, but aye, I I think just and it's through no fault of his own, just injury just hods, hods him back in my opinion but other, other people will not agree with that. And and that's fine, because it's it's a preference, and, and that's it. But uh, they two guys have broke record after record, and they're coming to the end now. This will be their last World Cups. And I have to say, I've just seen Ronaldo scoring there, and Messi scored the opener for Argentina. He answered the call when they needed him. Most because they were really struggling that game. They weren't creating anything, and he just comes up with a big moment, and that's what Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi does. It's what Ronaldo does. They've done it all their career, and they're continuing to do it right in the twilight in their final World Cup. And I thoroughly enjoyed Messi's goal, the touch at his feet, and he just bangs it right into the bottom corner. It wasn't an absolutely perfectly clean strike, but he just he just done enough, and it's. It's Just what they guys are all about, they've, they've built a career on it. And I've had I'm so privileged to be able to say, I've not got a son, but like see yourself there, Anthony. You'll be able to say in years to come, I watched their entire career from start to finish. And I know the wee man's seen the end yet, but we are privileged to have seen the two guys from start to finish. I, I
0: totally agree, absolutely couldn't agree more, Ross. And Stephen, just your kind of own thoughts on the two two of them yourself. I mean, Stephen, uh, <coughs> there's lots of lead to there from Saturday night. Messi, you know, Argentina were looking, uh, they were in a real sticky situation with 20 minutes to go and Messi just pops up with that little moment of magic. Half a yard of space is all he needs, even at this age. There's just something, and obviously Ronaldo, um, become, making history, first player to score at five World Cups um, a couple of days before even at this stage in their career, these guys are still making history and, you know, creating moments that are going to live for generations to come. They're two very special players. 100%. Yeah, but before we go on to that, I just want mm-hmm. to ask Ross something. You said mm-hmm. about answering the call.
1: What's that nice piece of artwork I see above your wall? Like oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that? Is, uh, an, I don't know if you can see it. It's an the Ange Postcogli photo with the uh, League Cup and the uh, uh, Premier League trophy. I think you can probably get them in the Celtic shop for, God Before knows, I don't know, 60 quid, 80 yeah. quid. I got steaming the other week and bought it in a uh, auction for 200 Not Some days I want Oh, it was a great day, but I carried away straight in there. Two yeah. quid. Aye, right. you've got that, pal. Made yeah, a dog yeah. to myself. <laughs> Wife Don't. was delighted with me, but it's 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 here now. It's paid for. And it's up in the wall. <laughs> Not I can do about it.
1: Possibly Callum definitely answered our call, the answer oracle, didn't he? As Celtic fans, but no. But uh, I get what you're saying. For me, Ross, you're hundred percent correct. It's about preferences, and I can't look past Lionel Messi. I really can't. I think Lionel Messi. i always remember when I was younger, Watson's happens League games all the time, and the only games I'd ever kind of be drawn to is obviously Celtic. And if Barcelona were playing, and you, you watch the young Messi run the road with a <clears> long hair, <throat> just weaving in and out the players, like the word there score, magnificent goals. Remember the final against United with a 1-2-0? And he was absolutely incredible. He brought Barcelona to different heights. And yeah, the team was littered with talent. They had Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets, Alba coming in later on, and Dani Alves, Puyol. The list goes on. But he was, for me, he, he was everything. And what an incredible player and, uh, it's a case for me, like they always say, to separate the two players, you need to win a major trophy like the World Cup or, or Euros, right? But when know uh, Ronaldo's won the Euros. Messi's equal that feat, kind of winning the Cup of Del America with um, Argentina. So that they're, they're probably both par in that. And then you, you look at the final Argentina got to. And for me, it's it's a case of, you, I looked at that Argentina team and you had the likes of Higuain, Aguero, Dubala Di, Di Maria. And for some reason, they never really jailed together. They never jailed as a cohesive unit. They had Mascarano in there as well, come towards the end of his career. And even Sebastian Verrond, for some weird reason, was coming on playing when he was like 36. But it was just one of them teams was a little bit of talent, but never worked. Much like that England team, when you had Lampard, Gerrard, Scholes and different people fan for possessions. And it was a case of being unlucky. It was one miss, one glorious chance from Higuain. He missed it and lost that World Cup final to Germany. Uh, 1-0 and it was just heartbreaking for Messi and I think he retired after that for, for a while from international duty and the next R- Ronaldo I can appreciate what a great player he is I know he's done it in the Liga he's done it in Serie <laughs> A he's done it in the Premier League twice now obviously coming back to United but Messi for me is the, the, a team player he does it for the team and I see that when he was playing um, yesterday I just the day before sorry <clears throat> before he scored that goal see the level of disrespect the pundits were throwing at him it was incredible like he's not interested, not... He's not interested. he doesn't want to be there. Lee Dixon, Lee fucking Dixon, are you having a laugh? Are you that serious? terrible, man, he's terrible. It's like he was just listening in an earpiece, he just went, give me that ball, bang, won the game for Argentina. That, that's that's what the guy does, he does What Messi was always incredible at was finding space. And because he's got a wee bit older, yeah, he, he walks and jogs a wee bit more, but he always finds them wee loopholes and then wee bits of areas to be in, Receives the balls after, he said, one touch out of his feet, a nice caress finish into the, the bottom right corner. No no power to swerve on it. Like the Haxabanovic one, he scored like for us, the swerve <laughs> around the post, kind of, and then went in. But R- Ronaldo was, I said, five different World Cups, numerous Champions Leagues, all that type of stuff, but interviews with working Morgan all because he's a, he's a showbiz man, like trying to get out of the club. And I just, I, I, whether it was right what he'd done, I just don't agree with it. And I, I know United have their problems, I know United is biggest fan, but if you want to sort that out, sort that out that house and get a lawyer in and doesn't do it privately. But and I think Messi, he wins it for me all day. Like and let all this shit about he couldn't do it in the cold night. What's this? I, Messi couldn't do it in the cold night. And at Anfield couldn't do it at Stoke. Messi, see if Messi came to the Premier League. If you put him in a City team with Pep Guardiola, you're winding me up. <laughs> I mean, be, be, be dog food to him. Like it, it'd be easy for him. People doesn't. People just does think about his longevity at Barcelona and the reason he didn't leave. He didn't want to leave because he was happy. Like we loved Larson stand with Celtic all those years. He gave us his prime years, and there's still discussions around him whether he was world class or not. He went to United and done it there. He went to Barcelona and won a Champions League. Do you know what I mean? He's went to PSD. Yeah, it's an easy move because it's not a big club, but he's still going to win league titles. He's still probably going to get in get in the better Champions League somewhere else as well. He's probably going to spend. Another year before he goes off to America with um, Inter Miami, I believe, which is an interesting one. But it just it has to be Messi. I think the disrespect he gets sometimes is incredible. And I know, as you said, that Ronaldo wasn't blessed with his skill, wasn't blessed that I had to work hard for it. It's professional football, I mate. Mean, you have to work hard no matter what. I think Messi's not working hard? He's working hard every day to be the best. And he's still being
0: the best. And he's incredible. I just think he's unbelievable. I've just realized, obviously, we're paying tribute to Messi and Ronaldo. And then I've just realized that there's a that we might have to revisit the subject when uh, we get to the agree to disagree section. <laughs> but uh, that's not, that's not it's but, um, but it's obviously, a, a, it'll always be about those two whilst they share, uh, the, the, you know, whilst they're still actively playing. But of course, there's the likes of Luka Modric, Lewandowski, there's a chat, it might well be um, Kevin De Bruyne's final tournament as well. And it wouldn't, you know, as much as Messi and Ronaldo will always be the top dogs, and um, we have to pay tribute to the guys as well. So, you know, they've given us some, some great memories as well, not just in the international stage, but at, at club level um, as well. But, uh, Ross, I'm going to com- come back to you for, for this one because it's obviously that that's obviously Qatar 2022 so far, and there's still a hell of most of the tournaments still to be played. But the World Cup itself, you know, happens you know, once every four years. It's one of these two, um, events that create memories and you know things that will stay with you for your, your entire football and life as a as a fan. You know when you see these opening credit scenes for the, every time there's a a new tournament. You when you see some of the images and, and footage for years gone by, you can instantly remember where you were when the first time you've seen it. If it was something that on maybe on a DVD or or on a, on a montage, or if you watched the game live um, yourself, is there any you know for for the World Cups that you remember? Is there anything in particular that like, truly stands out, or is there anything you know that you know you've maybe seen multiple times that you just think that's just what the World Cup's all about for me?
2: I mean, where, where do you start with that? Eh? There's been so many standout moments like in my lifetime, watching football, and then obviously ones you've seen before you were born. Obviously, the ones before you were born, the ones that stand out are like the Carlos, Carlos Alberto goal. In uh, and seventy, and then you've got the Maradona, amazing run against England eighty six. But in, in my lifetime, a uh, standout moments. I mean, I, I can just remember Italia ninety, mm. bits bits and bobs. A uh, USA ninety four was my first one that I can properly remember. So many standout moments in that early in the tournament. You had the, the Ray houten half volley over Paluca Unbelievable. Uh, And I'm sure Franny won't thank me for saying this, but when he was younger and Ray Houghton scored that goal, Franny thought Ireland had won the World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) uh, He thought that was that. He said, is that that Ireland won the World Cup? He's like, no, no. "No, no." (laughs) But uh, And then you go a wee bit further into that tournament, one that always stood out for me was uh, it was Hadji for Romania against Colombia in a group game and it was like he takes a shot for like the touchline the angle of the bottom line with the angle of the box lobs the keeper but no like a looping lob just arrows it and it, it goes right into the top corner an absolutely phenomenal goal there was for me in my life that's the best tournament that I can remember uh, you had uh, Branco's Thunderbolt and I think it was the quarter final for Brazil against Holland and uh, but then, obviously, you move on to other tournaments later. You had Bergkamp's goal in France 98 against Argentina. Absolutely sublime. Uh, I can't imagine if it's Frank or Ronald De Boer plays the ball over the top. It absolutely kills it stone dead. And and the same movement brings it inside the Argentina player. He hasn't got a clue where he is. And then he just plays it with outside his foot. I'll say that word again, Shalom, right into the <laughs> <shalom>. top corner. It was uh, a, an absolutely phenomenal goal. Unbelievable. And then Michael Owens as well, 18-year-old against the same team. So many moments. And for me, one of one of my favourites, maybe wasn't the best goal, but I loved uh, Del Piero when I was growing up. I thought he was an incredible football player. And for to see him scoring the second goal for to win Italy, the World Cup in 2006, which was, I don't know if it was his final game, but I think it was certainly near the end of his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, by the way, he stuck it away with absolute plumb, gave the keeper no chance and just ended ended the game perfectly for Italy. And you see him wheeling away and it was, it was just a perfect moment for me growing up, loving Del Piero, watching Channel 4, Italian ninety, seeing him scoring yes. goals for Juventus against Drain, eh, against Rangers, eh, free kicks, Fee, similar to the Hadji one that we spoke about, plays one over the top of Andy Gorman in the far corner. He was a phenomenal player, so many moments, probably missed. More okay, that guys rules. in the comments will bring up, Stephen will talk about it, you'll do it, but I so many moments. The World Cup for me, is what football, I mean, we all love Celtic, we do. It's the be all and end all. But for me, what got me into football was probably the World Cup. And it, for me, it was USA 94. It'll always be that. That'll always be football. And the World Cup is what football's all about. And I absolutely love it.
0: Here's here to that, my man. Um, Stephen, now I know your, your views sometimes that you're, you're not, by your own admission, international football's biggest fan, um, but to be, I'll give you your credit, more than involved in the chat tonight um, and of course you're, you're, you're a spring chicken compared to the rest of yours, um, so my question was going to be for you, I was listening to Tony Cascarino on um, the game podcast um, last week, just before the tournament kicked off, um, obviously he had some great moments in his career with, with Ireland, more than he did at Celtic anyway. But um, his sort of outlook was that you know for all he achieved in the game, and he, he says it that he was reading some article that footballers from the beginning of the career to the end of the career, international football only makes up about seven or eight percent of their total playing time, and uh, you know moments on the park, goals scored, whatever measure you want to uh, unit you want to measure it against. But he says, however, people will always remember. What you achieve more at a World Cup or or or, or maybe even a European Championship than what they would for ninety the other ninety percent of your club career for a lot of, hell of a lot of players, and so with that kind of with that kind of outlook, is there any moments that stand out for you? Even though as you know, you're not as you're not international football; it's not your favourite thing. But is there anything that stands out for you that that you love about the World Cup?
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm not a big advocate of international friendlies. Um, <coughs> I don't like yeah. international friendlies during the season and Maybe. breaking up the season. If it's a worth couple fair. of euros, I'll sit I'll sit right up here and watch it. Probably not invest it until probably gets to the semi-final final when you want to see who wins it and stuff like but Tony Cascarino's an absolute onion. I just I just believe it. <laughs> He'd he, he come up again to us and just wasted himself and he wasn't great. And McGranda tells you about him, and he was just apparently terrible for selling. Don't have much memories myself of him, but you look at the international scene, the reason why players <coughs> get noticed I mean, we call themselves it's the players from us are putting themselves in the shop window for a reason. It's the biggest stage of them all. Bar the club football, which is Champions League, all the European teams will be looking to see who's performing, bigger price tags, all that type of stuff. So, that's in theory why you're going to get noticed more in these tournaments. If you perform in a, on a stage like that with the highest pressure, a, a big money club's going to buy you for a big fee. But in terms of like, Memories of things you could talk about for me. That probably the one that stands out. I remember sitting in Ryan's house, who who done right. a reunion with us as well, and we were watching the the Germany Brazil game in 2014 and the, the dismantled Brazil seven one, just a, a oh, totally yeah. a shock a shock performance. I think that Brazil team was like that coming off. there's age and age players. Players were quitting international football. There was different things going on behind the scenes. Wasn't quite working out. And I remember his wee brother. Kind of bet on or something for Brazil to win, he was totally deflated. Like, and just, just, just watch that <laughs> after like 10 a, minutes. Oh, like ah, um, well, they <laughs> got smashed that And You look at probably the most famous one, and you touched upon the 2006 World Cup final the sedan headbutt. Aye. Um, just one of these moments that you'll never forget. And probably, I mean, for me, I was just watching it again in the house, I was a young boy, and so watching it, and they're like, What did he just do? The headbutt him in the chest. and you remember the scenes after that Fabio Cannavaro left in the trophy. What a centre half he was, by the way, absolutely incredible. And then, as as Ross said, uh, Del Piero, just what a player. And you look at the, remember that team. You look at the likes tres again, players like that. The, the reason I know these players is watching that wee telephone show with your man, and he, he just showed you football like Pal, Palmero, not like the pink kit. You always remember that pink kit and than playing in the, the fourth tier of Italian football, always at the end of the show, showing you wee highlights from these different games. It was incredible. It's where you learn. But, I I mean, probably want that stands out, This is sedan headbutt for obvious reasons. And mm-hmm. I know you're going to come to me about, about Ireland. The things. There's a few things, obviously, people know a certain legend done in terms of the camp and stuff like that, but I'm sure we'll come on that. But just to kind of go on to the, the comments here, uh, Frank Kennedy, um, Cascarino is a wank. Jefferson <laughs> um, King, John Straight Barnes was a... Re- a real baller back in the day. Madness I never got much caps for England. Kaiser, okay, so the best players in the world at that moment. Then on the line for National Pride. What's not to love? Um, Cascarino ridiculed our achievement of the principles. And then, apparently, there's a penalty to Portugal. And then, Phil aye, said, aye. I can't believe it was given. But that's VAR <coughs> again for you. But yeah, loads of moments. loads of fantastic things you'll you remember. And all the, the types of players. And you, you touched upon Lewandowski, probably his last tournament. Do you know I mean these guys and Pepe for P- Portugal what what did you call them, Pepe?
2: What was it? A hey, Pe- uh, Assault Pepe. Uh, assault, I <laughs> uh, just
1: these players you, you remember going up are slowly dwindled down the game. And it's it's a bit sad, like, but there's new players are coming. Pedro and Gabriel fill that void. Do you know I mean? You've got the like Valverde oh, for Real Madrid. Shut up. <laughs> for for Real Madrid. Shut up, yeah. All, all,
2: the,
1: all these t- different types of players. So yeah, there's a good generation up and coming. Whether reach the rates are heights of the previous one, we don't know, but I'm excited for it.
0: You're, you're absolutely buying on. And obviously, when we're talking about players that it might be the last World Cup as well, we obviously have to throw in um, Aaron Moy as well. Just absolutely, you know, another maestro performance yesterday, Stephen. I'm sure you would have been yes. very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're buying on. That's the thing about the World Cup. The Zidane moment, I always remember when he got red carded, was the iconic image of I'm walking past because the World Cup was out on a plinth. Um, mm-hmm. Just put just in front of the dugouts, and you know it's, uh, that was his la- that was his last game. And you know walking past the World Cup, the sort of fallen fallen idol sort of thing. It's a, a moment captured in time. But, uh, you're absolutely right, Ross. A lot of the the obvious ones would be Maradona, whether it be the hand of God or, in my opinion, the greatest individual goal ever scored against England two minutes later, or Carlos Alberto being the team goal and other ones. Um, but one of my and it's. Not one that I've seen live. Um, obviously, I wasn't even born at the time, but I'm sure. I think it, people might be able to. I think it was '82 um, when Italy won, and it was Tardelli scores the the one in goal, and it's a it's a very good finish. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's remembered more for the celebration afterwards, where he's just completely, <laughs> well, he's completely gone. He's 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 the the, the you wouldn't call it a red mist it wasn't anger but it was just sheer emotion and he's just screaming and screaming and screaming goal you know that that emotion is the fact that he's probably just won the world cup for his country and then he kind of disappears into the grass you can't actually see him um just all the players have kind of jumped on him by that point but it's just i think it's just a brilliant kind of image that kind of sums up what it means for a player to to do it on the biggest stage so that's kind of my kind of iconic moment that I'd ever seen live but in terms of <laughs> ones that I have I'd probably say uh, Zidane and I would also um, remember as well as a bit of a, a curveball but in 2010 when South Africa got the World Cup oh, and yes, Shabala the- opened the scoring yes! uh, just huh? the, the way that, that Shabala oh I Shabala oh my uh, god and the place just it would, you, you remember back because obviously South Africa you know littered with its own kind of checkered past and it was awarded the tournament. But remember back in the day when we just let a tournament take place without you uh, know going on and on and on about all their um you know past yep. errors. Um and you know everyone celebrated you know in unison in that moment in that stadium. It didn't matter what whatever the background back was. I just remember that being a it was just summed up what the World Cup's all about for me. See that goal. see that goal that's that's how i I remember what it
1: is what I've been but... Like 13. Oh, aye. But I was I was <laughs> in the teens anyway, and I remember going out with my mates and we would sit at the pitch and there'd be a, a net. I mean for 30 yards out, we would just shout <laughs> <and> <laughs> smash the ball and see if we get in the top bag like he did. Because that's that's one of the moments and it sounds cheesy, but it brings everyone together in that moment, as you said. You're mm-hmm. celebrating it for South Africa getting that goal and the place going mad and Kaiser the, the food seals. You'll never forget oh, the sounds and the all the I different don't miss name, right, you know. no, remember I remember they tried but, to
0: sell them in the Celtic Park Superstore for a while after that, uh, <laughs> literally uh, it was nobody bought them, they were handing them out it, for free for every cr- Christmas cr- purchase <laughs> that year, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I saw the, the other sort of nations aside for us, and of course it wouldn't be a World Cup, sadly it was becoming tradition for us not to be there, uh, the old Tartan army, well, you know, I was 10 years old the last time we, we participated in one uh, in France 98. But we got we were pretty close this year. Uh, I think we're pretty in a decent stead to qualify for Euro 24, which will be a brilliant tournament on its own, obviously in Germany um, in a couple of years' time. But obviously, it would be fantastic to see them uh, strutting their stuff at World Cup 26. But what's just kind of own memories of, of France '98? I know it wasn't exactly yesterday, but you, you know you'll be able to. You're getting just to that point where you are really starting to build your memories of football and. What's your own thoughts about... I know, as I say, I appreciate there's a tournament to qualify for before that, but are you positive that we could end our, our wait and appear at World Cup 26?
2: Um, Well, in terms of that, it's difficult to say because you, you don't know who you've who you've drawn. I think in terms of Scotland, I think they're in a decent place or as, in as good a place as you could hope Scotland to be. Uh, I think... Uh, I think Steve Clark's done a decent job. I don't know if there's anybody that's Scottish could could do a better job. Uh, I don't course. know if no, he would I, if wrong I I think he's done <laughs> as good as what he could do with the group of players that he's got. Uh, and I'm fairly happy with the way the way Scotland are going. You look at the um what's that? you look at the group uh, you look at the group for uh, the Euro 2024 I think I think it's a tough group for Scotland to get out of here Spain, Norway I mean Spain okay you're going to get one of the big guns I mean they could win the World Mm -hmm. Cup this year and that's just what Scotland Scotland always seem to get the World Cup winner Uh, Norway I know they're not at the World Cup and I know Haaland does not make... Just one player does not make a team. But I think Norway will be a very difficult team to beat. Then you look at Georgia and you're like... It hey, all the ones we could have got out of that pot. I have to say Georgia's the the one that you did not want to get. They are that mm-hmm. one that is right on the bat. If we don't turn up over there, they will do us. We need to turn up. This is what's killed us. Games against Georgia away from home have killed us in previous campaigns... We need to go over that. You expect to beat Cyprus. It's going to be very difficult. I really, really hope we can do it. And I hope we can do it by just at least finishing second in that group. If not, and we have to do it with the, the Nations League. Then so be it. I really hope we can get to that other World Cup. It would be tremendous. I would love to go to it. It's a way over in America and Canada. Highly unlikely that would happen. But... Um, it doesn't matter. You would just soak it in as we did in the Euros back home and just just enjoy it every moment of it. But uh, in terms of France 98, I was about 14 at the time. I always remember, uh, obviously, we played Brazil uh, and it was, it was a hotly anticipated game. I remember the build-up. I was at obviously at high school uh, and we were in like the PE Hall I think it was like the, la- the last period and it was like the build up because it was the first game of the World Cup so it was like the the opening ceremony and stuff like that so in the PE Hall we just sat and watched it on the tele gets wheeled in again it's not like mm-hmm. that now it's like a big projector <laughs> not a bit tele get wheeled in there was folk fire and squeegees I that through the straw don't sound like a squeegee <laughs> well that's the way it was back my day, kid But uh, I well done Watched like a good bit of the build up And stuff like that And I think we got away from school a bit early The buses came and picked us up early Got home, changed And I went over to my, my mates And I watched the, the Scotland-Brazil game That game itself I think we we done alright In the game I think Obviously Brazil were the better team They, they had the better players But I mean you have to say that we're, the Tom Boyd one is so unlucky, man. There's nothing he can do about it. It just comes back, hits off him, and goes in. Absolutely nothing he can do about it. We we got a penalty to equalise. John Collins. It's absolutely never in doubt. He's he's scoring that all day long, and he should have hit the penalty at Wembley in Euro '96, and we would have probably seen his drawing level there. But Gary McAllister, who by the way, was a, very good at dead balls. But I think John Collins scores that penalty at Wembley. I know I'm digressing for France 98 there, but he scores that penalty all day long for me. But uh, aye, it was, uh, it was similar to uh, when we played them um, in Italia 90, where it was the odd goal that beat us, uh, and it was a scrappy goal that beat us. I don't know if you will remember the one in Italia United, correct. It sort of <laughs> breaks Take Kare- it no, you'll know not. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sort of breaks, and Careca gets the foot on it as Leighton comes out, and then I think it's Want oh, it to say Miller. He gets it. It looks like it's going by the post, and he sneaks it in. It's a scrappy goal, but again, the better team won the game. But it's difficult to take when you're playing against one of the best teams in the world, and you got undone like that. Rather than wait a moment of sheer class. But uh, you move on to the, the Norway game. I can't mind when I watched that game, but I can remember Craig Burley not having any teeth in and scoring. Uh, uh, he, he sort of hits it like sort of scissor motion on the, the, the sort of half folly. And I can't mind if that I kinda mind if that put us up 1-0. I think it was. We went up 1-0 and then Norway equalised. Uh, and we got our first point. You've got a chance to get into that last game. And you're playing Morocco. My God, I, I mean Morocco have obviously got a tremendous result tonight, but nobody expected Scotland to lose to that Morocco team. But I have to say, they had guys like I'm sure it was uh, Mustafa Haji and stuff like that in the team. These guys were just coming through. They'd sort of played at Coventry in the Premier League, or uh, in fact, they maybe went to Coventry after that, off the back of that World Cup. These were good players, but you underestimated them. And I mean, the less said about that game, the better. Mate, absolutely got pummeled. Jim Layton had a nightmare for one of the goals. But it was the last time we were there. and was Craig was Gordon goals? Uh, I think he was just coming through. <laughs> <laughs> Ken longevity because he's top quality. But anyway, that was, listen, it was... Scotland, the Tartan Army took over eh, Paris. They done the march down the street, with the cults and all that on. Eh, and if we get back to a World Cup, a World Cup will be a better place, and a, it'll have a, it'll be a better place with Scotland in it. It'll be a party atmosphere. Scotland fans, to me, are similar to eh, Celtic fans when they go on the road eh, in Europe and wherever. They're they're similar. And they just want to have a good time and be pals with everybody. And you seen that in the Euros, even down at Wembley, that like some of the ban or some of the videos, you seen the guy down the slide, uh eh, on his like bare belly in the rain, absolutely brilliant. That's what it's all about. And Scotland are missed at big tournaments, and I really <coughs> hope we can see them at a, at a World Cup, and they not so distant future. Uh here, here to
0: that. Couldn't agree more, mate. And um, Stephen, now. There's a there's a question for you. I know as you say, international football you no know, your 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 big thing and obviously know that you reside in the north of Ireland, but what is the sort of maybe not even just for yourself, but you know, the wider consensus that the the the, the 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 good guys of the north kind of root for the <coughs> Republic when they're at major tournaments, or is it is it really there's a much kind of support either which way? You need educators on this. Well, first
1: of all, I'm going kind to of start by saying both North and South Irish teams, Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland, are absolutely dog shit. Let's get that <laughs> out there first, both of them. Um, in terms of the, the whole supporting, I mean, it's, it, you don't have to be a scientist to understand a Celtic supporter was kind of side with the Republic, Ranger supporter was side with um, Northern Ireland. and I mean, back in the day, we ground, was is it,
0: is it as stories. strong as that it's what, it, it's what it was maybe even say 20-30 years ago Is, it, is that... mean, this is what this is what I'm, this is what I'm getting
1: into like back in the day it, it actually wasn't as bad in terms of like you could probably go to the Northern Ireland game and support the team and they really curve where, you, where you're kind of coming from but and that changed probably 80s 90s obviously for different reasons and the, the troubles and things like that but it's just them. It, 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 It's 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 Kept going and kept going and kept going. Wouldn't say there's much hatred. There's been a few, uh, a, a few football friendlies and stuff like that, which went off no problem. But it, it's just kind of where it's ingrained the people, it, not ingrained, but they kind of you're brought up with that kind of <coughs> Republic of Ireland or, I mean, the, the the North. And I'm not really too too fussed to be fair. The Republic of Ireland team never really had an affiliation with them. The same with Northern Ireland. I probably watched Scotland more than with the two nations over here, and that's being honest. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like everything over here, everything's dictated by where you come from, what area you live in, do you know what, I mean? what school you went to, what club you support, what clubs you play for in your own kind of semi-professional amateur football and career, but what side of the community later on as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's the issue which I would love to be sorted out. There's always calls for an all-Ireland team, but that wouldn't work to do with a rugby team because you with a football team, you don't know. You never know unless Ireland obviously gets independence, which is a long, long, long way away. But, yeah, hopefully, in terms of it, and I always say that they don't really bother me one iota, both of them things. I think they're both boring, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. they're bog standard. I know, I know, I'll be fair to them. I know the Republic have a couple of good players coming through. In terms of the young players, there's, I think it's Obafemi, plays for Southampton. He's mm-hmm. a striker. They've got a couple of uh, good players coming through like that, that they look out for. The thing's probably going to get better. And Alistair Jacobs in here. Kenny's a problem. I, I agree. I don't think he has great and. Experience of Frank Kennedy, yeah, he's probably changed when that he's for Celtic. the toxic atmosphere. I kind of agree with that, but um, it's it's that whole thing, it's the whole issue. You look at James McLean, you, you look at all that type of stuff, and the, the kind of what he's subject to. and I don't like it, man. I, I don't like when religion comes into football. And yeah, don't get me wrong, I love banter between both sets of fans. I love all the banter when it's game day, you give it your all. and not religious, obviously, but you give all your support. And, you're passing then after that, you, you're friends again. I think that's normal <coughs> everyday life, but to carry it on and make society blend into young kids and to bring up that, I, I don't like it. But I I mean, if you go to the, the tournament um, Republic were involved in, 2002, the last time I think they were in the World Cup and I think they, the whole Robbie King, the famous Cartway celebration, I think he scored against Germany. They'd yeah, the and, it's celebration. It's Germany, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then the whole controversy with Roy King, his namesake mm-hmm. from walking out of the camp because of facilities and stuff like that. People still don't understand the argument. And to be fair, I don't either. He, he claims to be a leader and all that kind of stuff. Stay with your team, regardless if you're, you're trading the car park. And I know he had issues with Mick McCarthy at the time and things like that, but he kind of threw the, f- threw the, the wool over the, the camp and it kind of f- fell apart from there from the seams and wasn't nice to see. And ever since that, they've been absolutely terrible. So there's my summary of the Irish National thing. I
2: see right, that us, game you're talking about. <laughs> Sort of that, eh awesome that, uh, no, so I was just going to say that. Well, you said earlier, Anthony, you remember where you were when you're talking about goals. Steve's talking about that Robbie Keane against Germany. I, I mean, straight away, I know where I was. I was in a mm-hmm. woman's back kitchen, paper it, and I was <laughs> leaning over the pace table watching it on our wee portable telly. <laughs> Sorry, you've been <laughs> <laughs> take it for that, what you will. <laughs> that
0: was like, that. story's going, this is going to be the story of the night there. Then <laughs> was, uh, oh, God, that's brilliant, stuff, honestly. <laughs> Superb. Well, as I said, that's kind of rounding off all the topics for the night, boys, with the ex- exception of we've got a couple of quick agree to disagrees uh, getting through, getting pasted. You're no wrong, Kaiser. Um, somebody was two coats please yeah. <laughs> what happened in that kitchen stays in that kitchen it was just
2: a wee touch up I the <laughs> <laughs> now, so it round off proceedings
0: tonight, of night boys I'm going to do a wee quick couple of agree to disagrees anyone that doesn't know the format it's absolutely nothing to do with the competition of the same Format online Bible with the same name. We absolutely haven't stole the idea at all. And um, basically, there's four options: slightly, uh, sorry, disagree, strongly disagree, or agree, or strongly agree with a statement made. And um, if you have different views, then feel free to debate them. Um, so the first one, kind of on the topic that we were discussing earlier, guys. So the statement is: if either Messi or Ronaldo, win the World Cup, it ends the debate over who is the greatest of all time, not just between the two, but overall.
2: Who's the three first? Ross, you go first. So so if if either of them win the, the World Cup, it ends the debate between them and overall, yeah. I, 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 for me, I don't think it does because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think you can, just because they've won a World Cup, I don't think you can then say he's better than Messi or vice versa. It's, it's For me, you, you judge some somebody over their career and the way they've played on the pitch, and it doesn't always come down to trophies. It like, it's like the argument, Paul Scholes, Steven Gerrard, people will say, well, Steven Gerrard never won a league title, and again, it's it's your personal preference. For me, I always, I always said Gerard was better, and I always argued that it doesn't matter that he's not won a Premier League; he won everything else. But going away for Messi and Ronaldo, for me, you, you can't you, you can't just say one is better than the other or better than any <coughs> the rest because they've won a World Cup. It's an amazing feat, but it's it's not the it's no what settles that debate for me.
0: Yeah, very fair. Um, so would you say strongly disagree or disagree?
2: I would strongly disagree,
0: I mm-hmm. sorry. Fair enough. And what about yourself, Stephen? I would uh, strongly
1: disagree for, for probably the fact as well, you have to look at these competitions as one-off games and they're won by a team, not an individual on that given day. So, you don't know if a certain player like Messi or Ronaldo's come off the bench, for example. It's all hypothetical. <coughs> and who's kind of dragging him towards that game? And I mean, Messi, and that was the argument for years. I know um, he won the Euros in 2016, Ronaldo, with, with Portugal. Messi kind of achieved the same feat over in his uh, home country with the, the Copa America. So th- they're kind of level and, and everything. And as, as Ross said, like he argues, Gerald and no, that type of stuff, not going to get into that argument. But I, I look at it based on ability and it doesn't matter how good you are today, your team can let you down, and that's the reason why you lose a game. So it's a, it's a team game in, a, in this type of environment, it's a one-off game, anything can happen. We've seen Saudi Arabia, for example, beat Argentina, that doesn't mean any other players are better than the Argentinian players, it doesn't mean it just happened on that given day, and that was the way that the game fell, and yeah, I strongly disagree with that one, and Kaiser comes in, disagree, Ronaldo was better than them both, and he doesn't smile. <laughs>
2: <laughs> By the way, can I, just, can I just say, obviously, kind of off the back of that, like, you, you look at Ronaldo and Messi, and you look at Ronaldo, he's probably the greatest goal scorer of all time. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But the similar, like, sort of way to argue it is, well, Maradona, I was going to say that Maradona mm-hmm. won a World Cup on his own in 86. He essentially did. And I also look at it, I've never seen Maradona's whole career, so it's difficult for me to say. But I try and look at it in the sense that Ronaldo scored more goals than him. Maradona was a bit mental. He probably didn't play... The longevity, yeah, a Messi or a Ronaldo, but they're different guy. there's mm-hmm. a different upbringing now. They're they're pure athletes. Maradona mm-hmm. obviously wasn't that, but I look at it and I say to myself, well, could Messi or Ronaldo have won the Scudetto with Napoli? I don't think they could have. I think Maradona single handedly <laughs> took took them. Eh, I think they won two, and I think it's maybe their only two in their history. Mm-hmm.
0: UEFA uh, Cup as well, if I remember correctly. A cup,
2: yeah. I, I don't think Messi Ronaldo could have won uh, one Scudetto with that Napoli team. Uh, I don't think... They, they. I don't think they would have done in 86 what Maradona done and won that World Cup. Uh, you look at it, they've, they've had opportunities where their team's not been... I, I, would. It's difficult for me to say because I can't remember the '86 World Cup. But would would you? People have said that probably Ma, eh, Maradona, Argentina, weren't the best team on paper in '86. Mm-hmm. But Maradona won them the World Cup just by doing Maradona things. Messi and Ronaldo have been in teams that you widely widely regard as not the best team mm-hmm. on paper, and they couldn't take them. But they're, they're different tournaments, it's different arguments. Yeah. I think that Messi, one,
1: Messi, sorry, Steve, go. Messi <laughs> did go to a World Cup final with <laughs> Argentina. And the reason why I think he, that, that game was lost, he lay <laughs> two two or three chances to Higuaín fluffed him. So it, it, it all depends, obviously. If you're laying on the striker to score them
0: goals, he misses. What else can you effectively do in that situation? Do you? Uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's, for what it's worth, boys. I agree with you, so I, I disagree with the the, the statement. Um, uh-huh. I think it's that there's so many different factors to take in, and like you say, although Maradona himself is is loved so much for what he did at Mexico '86, it's stuff that he did at club level and. Other things out with that. Why he's loved as well. It's not just because of what he did at a World Cup, as great as that achievement was. So yeah, I don't. Th- I think the debate, regardless will rage on for years, and that's all the better for us because it means we sh- more more uh, football content to talk about. Um, so I think we're all in the disagree slash so strongly disagree uh, on the segment on that. And just to round it off, boys, second one tonight. We should listen to Arsene Wenger and The world cup should be held every two years, Stephen. What are you thinking? Disagree because <coughs> <coughs> the euros are still a couple so how would you fit that in? Well, it would just, it, it would obviously not be, in the they would have to rejig it. So, but be one two- of the big things with FIFA just now is that they want to have a world cup narrowed it for 42 years. So, yeah, that would there would have to be some chat on how that would happen, but. Yeah, I mean the other tournaments being affected but essentially having a World Cup every other summer.
1: I mean, FIFA are trying to organise 60-minute matches as well which is an absolutely symbolic thing to even be talking yeah, about, I so. but I mean I disagree for the simple fact that you can dilute these competitions. As Ross said, as you said, you, you love looking forward to this and you love sitting watching it. Every four years, perfect. And, I mean, the Champions League can't be diluted because it's in a club season but if you're playing a World Cup every two years, then You look at the Nations League, that dilutes international football. You look at the Euros, then that becomes a a hindrance to the World Cup. You look at all these different qualification campaigns, they're going to be crammed more into the the leagues and there'll be more international breaks, probably more summer football taken into account as well. So I, I disagree for that. You're going to dilute a competition purely because other nations want to pay money to host it. Wait their turn, wait in line. If you're passing the brown envelope, the, it'll come in time. Do you know I mean if you give enough money, you're, you're going to get it regardless? You're, you're, you're going to outbid someone or you're going to give someone a phone call at FIFA. It'd be quite easy to sort out, and imagine. But I disagree.
0: So he's been full of passion these last few episodes. He's been on air. Hey, it's great when the captains are <laughs> for us. Uh, what about yourself? Do you, do, do you agree with Arsene Wenger every two years? Eh,
2: no, I, I strongly disagree with that. I Like Stephen said, it, it dilutes it, it takes away. The romance, eh, the World Cup, eh, which, by the way, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, I still love the World Cup, but that romance is not quite there. For it probably is because I'm getting older, but it's not quite that romance that you had in 94, 98, 90. Even to, I think the, the last World Cup where it was like, that 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 romance that I'm talking about was 2002 when it was <coughs> Ronaldo won the World Cup against the odds after his knee injury came back in and won the World Cup with Brazil. That 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 was phenomenal. That and it's it sticks in the memory. And then you you could probably say 2006 at a push, mm. but then once it gets to 2010, 14, I think it starts to for me dilute slightly but you start doing it every two years and it's four years a long time to wait for a World Cup and when it comes around you're ready for it and you've got that Euros in between to sort of break it up if you like Mm -hmm. but it's not the World Cup, it's still good but it's not the World Cup for every two years, like Stephen says it's just to, to try and fit all these countries and that want to get it, want to host it. But you'll you'll get your turn. You just need to bide your time. And I don't like change. So, no. <laughs> Every four years is fine. <laughs>
1: Can I just say something? Um Kaiser's asking, when is Alistair doing the fan takeover, lads? Well, basically, the reason why it's not going to be this month is because there's no Saturday content. We want to bring Alistair on to speak about the current going on at Sally Football Club. So, We'll probably be looking to do the next fan takeover looking end of December, maybe start of January. Just so there's Celtic stuff to talk about. This is just us filling these gaps of rewinds and spin-offs and things like that. But don't worry, anyone who wants to get involved with it again, give us a, a DM on Twitter, reach out. We'll be happy to have you all on. It'll be great crack to get involved with But the next one, end of December, early January.
0: Absolutely. We're looking forward to having Alistair on. It's going to be a good, oh, great when the fans come on and yeah. Uh, get to hear their views on the all things football as well, especially Celtic. But um for what it's worth, boys, I'm agreeing strongly agreeing with used to and strongly disagreeing with the with the question. I'm I'm what you guys, it's every four years big like <coughs> games. It's that, it's that gravitas. It's the it's a big it's a showcase, a showpiece event. And um you know it's just one of those things that like you say, it comes round and like you say Ross it, it maybe has lost its magic over the years. So you know as you get a bit Kind of more wise as to how these things are organised and obviously all the, the stuff that's went on, um, and the organising and you know the you know the, the building of the stadiums and things like that and all the stuff that you know goes on in shady background deals and whatnot. But on the night, you know, when when it when it all comes together and the, the, the tournament kicks off and then it gets underway, you know, you still it still does have that wee bit of magic, even though it's probably not quite as much as what it used to have. But I'm with you guys. It should be every four years. You've got that nice little palate cleanser every two years with the Euros but um, yeah it should be four years and, and that's yeah. it. And it and it makes it more special when you get all these all the top players for every nation coming together Only all once happens every four years and that's why all the great players want to do do their best at it because they know that there's very few times that they're ever going to be able to do it in their careers but that brings uh, tonight's show to an end boys going back over this year's tournament so far and, and tournaments for years gone by have you enjoyed
2: it? Yeah, yeah i has been really, good. Good. really enjoyed it. Yep. It's been fun. Take <laughs> my mind off my cold. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah,
0: definitely. So. He's, he's a, he's a definitely. He's he's have on great form tonight, topics wise and uh, opinion wise. But he's have definitely sounded better in terms of he's coughing away. <laughs> he's a, a couple of nights under the sheets, slim sip, just a wee hot toddy, as they say. a couple a,
2: of uh, uh, tables. The endless the, embla- the endless, the endless flame tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so we're going to be Stephen. I'll go back to yourself. What's uh, happening on the Friday night show at eight o'clock?
1: So Friday night is going to be another spin off with Willie hosting and Svea Brendan, kind of breaking down their tactics, kind of going by different squads. We're going to come, come to an agreement. With a combined 11, much like our, our Nopes 11 caused a lot of debate on Twitter. So, again, we're hoping to do that. Generate it with the comments, if you have your opinions, please get involved and we'll talk amongst ourselves and see so you can send the line up so then we'll agree who's a better manager. I think it's obviously right now you know who my choice is, but I mean, another one to look forward to. Another bit of crack. I think we'll be all have a couple of beers, beer
0: 52 again, guys. Get on to it, but yeah, be good crack and be another one to look forward to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to listening in and then um, next Monday we'll be doing another Champions League Rewind. We're just going to try and get a few of these done whilst the, the international football still comes on. But thanks again to everyone for uh, getting involved in the show tonight, for watching and for um, putting your comments up on the live chat. And as I say, Stevens tried to get as many up as he can. And we also have next Friday, so not this Friday, come the week after. We're going to be doing a big World Cup quiz. Um, we have a few years on Friday night, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, as you say get a few beers, a few international beers, more like. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's it. We we'll just uh, we we'll just love watching Ross slowly divulge into steamingness uh, as the uh, <laughs> night proceeds. I can't wait. Uh, so that should be good. So there's plenty of episodes and content for you to look forward to um, in the coming uh, weeks ahead. <laughs> but that's for us for tonight, guys. Thanks again. And I'll leave it to Stephen to give the outro. And until Friday, till answering, Brendan, stay well and keep safe. Hail, Hail.